reading today from Romans chapter 8, this time 1 through 11. Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of, of sin and death. For what the law has powerless to do because it is, or it was weakened by the flesh, God did, not, uh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. For in order that righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. However, or you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Let's say our scripture declaration together. Lord, we you honor your words to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. All right. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. And teens and kids, y'all can be dismissed. Y'all can go on back to do your thing with those who are there to teach you. And uh, we are off and running uh, with our Headspace uh, intro video. Let's check it out. Come out like an avalanche in silence. Hey, you've got oceans trapped in your eyelids. All right. Well, today is my final message in the sermon series, Headspace. And I've never done this before. I've never done a volume one and a volume two. But last year, I did volume one. Today, I am ending volume two. And I got to tell you, sometimes the smallest things kind of kick off a, a, a kind of a group of thoughts in my head. 
And this is the thing that I saw that I heard actually on a podcast, and it's on this next slide. Some statistics that I saw that made me think, you know, I really need to talk a little bit about the idea of what's in our headspace and how we're feeling, specifically coming out of the, the pandemic time and all of that stuff. The truth of the matter is, is that if you're like me, there are some things that you came through the pandemic and you're like, you know, hey, it wasn't perfect, but I made it through. I was st- strong enough to make it through. But then there's some other parts of my life that, just to be honest, I would say I look at that and I go, uh, that kind of revealed there were some cracks in the foundation that I didn't necessarily know. Can I get an amen? Tell me I'm not alone, right? I mean, so we realize that anytime we go through something really, really powerful, something really, really, dif- really, really difficult, we get things revealed to us. doesn't mean that we're terrible people. doesn't mean that we're weak as we possibly can be. It just simply means that we now have information that can help us to go in a new and maybe better direction. But we have to be pretty intentional and pretty honest. In other words, we have to look back and say, okay, where was I in my headspace in the midst of all of this stuff? And why did I have a struggle? And where did I make it? And why? You know, all of these things just have to be kind of thought through. I read the idea of mental health and, and the dealing with that as we were going through and kind of starting to come out of the pandemic. They told us in that particular podcast that I read, uh, one in five is dealing with an anxiety disorder. One in three is actually showing the signs of an anxiety disorder. In other words, there might be people who wouldn't necessarily admit that, but they're showing all the telltale signs and symptoms. You guys understand what I'm saying? And then 42% of people in their 20s are dealing with an anxiety disorder. Now, I want you guys to make sure and hear what I'm saying here, okay? I'm not in any way trying to come out and poke my finger in anyone's chest. I'm definitely not trying to do that with everybody who's in their 20s. But here is what I would share with you. The truth of the matter is, is that I've earned all of these gray hairs, right? I mean, every single one of these gray hairs that's here and here and all that is because I'm old, (laughs) okay? I mean, you get me out on a a basketball court or a football field or a volleyball court, and I promise you, you'll go, that dude's old. (laughs) I'll show you. Here's the truth. The one good thing about getting old is, is you have a little bit more perspective, Okay, I have a little bit more perspective than my kids do. My kids have not been through some of the things that they're dealing with. Now, I'm not saying that we've all been through a global pandemic before. I mean, we're still kind of coming out of that now. But a lot of us, we dealt with the Cold War, right? I mean, there's a lot of it. Any of y'all in here remember the Cold War, right? You went through it. You had the whole idea of jumping under your desk with your hand, you know, over your head just in case the nuclear bombs started flying, and we were worried about that stuff. The 20-somethings, they didn't deal with that, and so we came through the Cold War without a single nuke being fired, but we were told that we were on the verge of that for literally better than a decade, right? And so when you begin to get that sometimes the things that you fear don't actually happen, you get a little bit of perspective. Are y'all with me? Y'all understand what I'm saying? So... Listen, if you're dealing with a 20-something, if you're dealing with a 30-something, man, have some grace when you're dealing with them because they don't have the perspective. It just comes from being older and having seen more, having literally taken more breaths in your life than they have. And I got a friend back here on the back row. His name is Oscar. 
Oscar was around when the Vietnam War was going on, so I don't have the same perspective as Oscar has, right? He's in his, may I say it? Okay, all right. He's in his 70s, looking amazing for in your 70s. You look amazing for your 50s, bro. No, no, no kidding. But he's got the perspective of a 70-year-old. I've got the perspective of a 50-something-year-old, and you know, you have whatever perspective you have. But here's the truth. There's no pointing at you and saying you're weak, you're wrong. It's just an opportunity to look a little deeper and say, where's my head at? Where was it in the midst of the most difficult days that I faced? And what can I learn? And I want to go from there and talk about headspace and what that means. So let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, What does the Bible say about the mind? Christianity Today or Christianity.com has a lot to say about the mind in this particular article. Let's go to our next slide. And you can see this is actually uh, something that you can learn. Where does the Bible speak about the mind and mention the mind? The translations vary, but in the NIV, the New International Version, which is the one that I normally preach out of, there are over 160 verses that reference the mind. Now, how many of you thought it was probably a lot less than that? Can I see your hands? Be honest, right? You probably didn't think that that was that important, but clearly God's word has a lot to say about our mind and our mindset. And so if it speaks about it 160 different times, you can see why I couldn't get to all of it in volume one. I needed volume two. So it says that a sampling of these verses demonstrate that God's care cares very much about what happens in our minds or in our thoughts. Let's keep moving. So here's some headspace warning lights, and I'm just going to run through these. Again, this is not meant to poke you in the chest. It's meant to just kind of say, okay, I'm going to look a little deeper and just kind of not go through and forget that there were some issues and there were some problems. So you see here the headspace warning lights. Did you deal with consistent anger, which was demonstrated in your words or even your actions? If you guys remember, I mean, we're starting to come out of that But man, I don't know that I've ever seen the country more divided in the midst of the pandemic than that time in the pandemic, right? There's a lot of anger, a lot of words, a lot of actions that were showing that there was maybe some people who probably weren't in the best headspace. What about constant worry and sleeplessness? If that attacked you, especially in the midst of the pandemic, it might be that your headspace was in a place that wasn't necessarily healthy sustained depression. Now, I want to just say, I think all of us went through a time where we were kind of a little bit down and a little bit blue. I mean, that's what isolation does to you, right? And so we all had a little bit of a a hit of that. But if that has not gone away as your life has started getting back to the, the new normal, if I can use that word, right? The new normal. You've never said new normal that many times in your whole entire life before the pandemic hit. But yes, if you've sustained that you're dealing with some depression that you can't seem to shake, or what about frantic decisions and actions that are in opposition to the things that you actually say that you believe? You feel so frazzled and you're making snap decisions that you know are important and A, important, but B, not living up to what you b- believe and what you want to show in your life by the actions that you're choosing. You're making the wrong kinds of decisions. And then that uncontrollable anxiety, that inability to get back to normal in any way, shape, or form. These might be some warning lights. I believe that God's word has something to share with you. I do believe that you could use some counsel 
from God's word and godly people, but I want to share what God's word has to say, and I hope that this will be a starting point if you're really in a serious issue with your headspace, and if not, if you're kind of dealing with some things, that maybe this will shed some light on where you are and how you can get out. Let's keep moving. Don't miss this. To find peace in your world, you must consistently and intentionally set your mindset. In other words, if you don't set your mindset, your mindset will get set for you. Have any of you ever been driving along, maybe on one of the Houston highways, and uh, you know, you're in a good mood, and then suddenly something happens on those roadways, and suddenly you're not in a good mood, and then that kind of frustration sets in and stays in place for almost the entire day. You come home, you're dealing with the people that you love the most, and you don't even know why, but you're short with them, you're frustrated with them, you're angry with them, you're snappy with them, and you're not really being or showing yourself to be what you want to be. Have you ever had that? Y'all just, everybody just take your finger and point straight at me, because it's just me. I know, it's just me. None of y'all have ever had that happen to you, right? No, we've all had it happen. Why? Because it doesn't take much for us to get out of the mindset. But you know, that we want to be in. But have you ever been driving along? And uh, (laughs) I won't know what exactly happened before or after. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was their fault. But have you ever just said, man, I ain't going to let that fool like get in my head and ruin the rest of my day. And you just blow it off and you're intentional about kind of, you know, just letting it all go. And it doesn't affect you at all. How many of you have ever had that happen before, right? We have. What did you do? Yes, there, I, I just want y'all to know, it's different when y'all are up here. Because literally, right now, I had an 18-month-old raise her hand and say that she understood exactly what I said. So it's different up here than... <laughs> and you know what? Thank you, sweetie. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> She's giving me the amen. But what did you do? You basically just set your mind... And you set it intentionally. I'm not going to let this person ruin the rest of my day. I'm not going to let them have control over me. So I'm going to set my mind back where it was. I'm going to deep breath and let it go and let it out. And then move on with a day that I'm not going to let be ruined by some idiot who doesn't know how to drive. Can I get an amen, right? So this is how you intentionally set your mind and make sure that your mindset doesn't get pushed on you. Let's keep moving here. And I want us to make sure... I want to shift for a minute. There's a book that's out there. It's two different covers. You know how they're doing two different covers these days. Stephen Furtick wrote a book called Crash the Chatterbox. And one is the, the false set of teeth that, you know, da, 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 does that thing. And then on the left, it's a little different. But it says that you're hearing God's voice above all others. And he's got some great quotes, some great things to learn in the ideas that he shares in this book. It's also available on Audible. If you're into Audible, you can go and check it out. But let's check out a couple of these quotes that I want to share with you. These are in two totally separate directions. Beware of no man more than yourself. We carry our own worst enemies within us. That was spoken by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, a pastor and called the Prince of Preachers from the 1800s. And then you've got Jay-Z who said, I'm losing myself. I'm stuck in a moment. I look in the mirror. That's my only opponent. 
Well, they're both saying in their own way, one in the 2020s and one in the you know, 1800s is, is that if we do not conquer the things that are going on in our own headspace, listen, in our own voice, then we will not have victory. I'm going to say that again. If you don't conquer those things that are happening in your headspace, in your own voice, then you will not gain victory. How many of you guys know that that's true? Can I get an amen? Y'all know, right? Amen? Sometimes you're your worst opponent. Sometimes you're your harshest critic. Sometimes you're the person that you'd like to face least because you know what you already think of yourself. And sometimes you can't break out of that way of thinking and it rules you and runs you like a script in a movie set. And it shouldn't be that way. Let's keep moving. People don't believe what you tell them. They rarely believe what you show them. They often believe what their friends tell them, but they always believe what they tell themselves. How many of you know that that's true even when you tell yourself stuff that ain't true? Even when you tell yourself things that are not true, that are demonstrably false, if it comes through in your head, in your voice, you believe it. Not because it's accurate or more accurate, but because you believe you above all other people. Forget the evidence that tells you something different. Forget the people that you know will never lie to you or steer you wrong. You listen to you And let's rewind just the slide or two before. We already told one another, sometimes I and you, we're our own worst critics. We're our own harshest enemies and opponents. And so if we can't get that under control, we are doomed to live a life and a cycle that we constantly go round and round and never break free from the problems that we've had in our lives ever since we can remember. I want to talk to you today a little bit about breaking out of this cycle, but I highly recommend if this is something that I'm talking and you're like, man, he's talking right to me, I'm telling you that book can be a huge help and a huge blessing. And I'd be happy to help you as we go through to find that book and others that like it that would help you out. Let's keep moving. This is a sermon series that I actually preached a few years back when I was reading that book for the very first time. I renamed it The Mouth in My Mind, How to Change Your Inner Dialogue. And the truth of the matter is, is that the mouth in your mind, you can control it, but you can't stop it. You can change it, but you can't make it stop. How many of you know that? That's true. They they tell us that there's somewhere between 60 and 80 thousand thoughts that we have and they also tell us that about 80 percent of them are negative how many of you believe that those of you who are not believing that you're very negative i just want you to know that (laughs) thought i'd lighten the mood you know it's it's this phenomenon that you can post something on Facebook or, or IG or, you know, whatever, and you post it, 
and 30 people love it and say that you're beautiful, say that it's amazing, say it's perfect, say it's incredible, say I wish I had a family like that, say I wish I looked like that, whatever it might be. And then somebody gives you a half a negative in the midst of the statement and it ruins all other 30s. Can I get an amen? Oh, that doesn't happen to y'all? Thank you. It's just me and you today. It's just me and you. You see what I'm saying? That, that negative, it resonates because that's what we're telling ourselves. We just don't want to say it. So you've got to control the mouth in your mind. I've got to control the mouth in my mind. That has more to do with anything else that's going on in your headspace than anything else. And I'm here to tell you, you and I making choices about our voices constantly. We're making choices about our voices. Can you guys say choices about the voices? Choices about the voices constantly. We're making choices about what we're doing with the voices in our head and in our minds. Let's keep moving. This is something to learn, and this is important. Satan, the word Satan means accuser. And there is no area of a Christian's life that is more clearly seen than in our internal dialogue. Those things that you don't want to believe about yourself and sometimes things that almost seem like they're coming in from outside, but they're tearing you down, these things often can be from the devil himself. Because if he can't pull you away from God, he at least wants you to, pull, to be pulled away from the victory that God gave you. I'm going to say that again because I didn't say it perfectly. So let me see if I can do it a little bit better, Okay. If Satan can't pull you away from God, then he wants to pull you away from the victory that God has given you. And so whenever you hear his voice telling you all kinds of negative things about you, sometimes it's from you and sometimes it's from him. And it's sometimes hard to tell the difference. But I will tell you that Satan does not want you to look in the mirror and like what you see. He does not want you to look in the mirror and be motivated to be better and more and greater than you've been. He wants you to fall and cease to be somebody who's willing to get back up again. And so if you have that inner dialogue, be aware that sometimes it is just you and the script that you've been handed by your life. And sometimes it is a spiritual battle. I can't always tell you the difference I wish I could give you these particular things that are happening, but Satan is crafty. He is always the accuser, and he is always standing there saying what you're not doing right and why you are not worthy of what God has already done for you. So let's keep moving here in this slide. Romans chapter 8, if you don't mind, we'll go back just a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That was my bad. <laughs> Let's go back one slide to the something to learn again, if you don't mind. Romans 8 has a lot to say about how much God loves you and how he views you. But however, you're the one who has to allow the one who made you to define you. Now, I'm gonna share something with you. There are all kinds of people in our world that are clearly desperately asking for someone to define them, for someone to give them that thing that they clearly do not have enough of. I would just warn you, if you see that in yourself, be reminded that the one who made you is the only one who can define you. The one who made you is the only one who can define you, but you have to let it happen. 
Now, I'm going to say this one more time. The one who made you is the only one who has the right to define who you are. Now, here's what I want to share with you. I can't make anything. I can make food, and that's about it. But how many of y'all have ever watched the Food Network before? Have you ever noticed that it looks like mac and cheese, but somebody's got a really cool name for it? Oh, this is, uh, this is uh, noodles and cheese of au gratin. And, you know, they got this great name. It's just mac and cheese, y'all. But they made it, and so they get to put the name and label on it. Have y'all noticed that? Fancy schmancy, right? You know, I, I thought I was making mac and cheese, but what do you know? I was making noodles with cheese, au gratin, and, you know, on and on and on, right? Okay. Here's the deal. Have you ever heard somebody who wrote a song and you thought it was about one thing and then you asked the person who wrote it and they said, no, 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 it's not about that. It's actually about this. How many of y'all have ever had that experience before? How egotistical would it be for you to look at that person and go, no, 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 (laughs) that's not right. (laughs) I'll tell you what the song is actually about. They'd say, no, I wrote the song. I know what the song is is about. If you believe that and agree with that, can y'all say amen? So the one who made you gets to define you. The one who created you in the first place gets to define you, but you have to let that happen. Because the problem for most of us is we're begging other people in our world to define us. And my goodness, man, if you think you can trust people with the most important things in your life and who you are as a person, you know people that are different than I know. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Because very, very few of them are worthy of me saying, here, define me. Because you know what they do? They twist it around for their own purposes. How many of y'all know that? Right? They twist it around so they can control you or manipulate you or get something from you. And in the midst of it all, God is looking down and going, why are you even asking them who you are? I can tell you what you are, who you are, and how I view you. I'm the one who made you. So for us, man, let's stop asking men and women who are fallen people and not that much different than we are. I mean, if you, if you think people are that much different than you are, go back and watch the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Can I get an amen? Man, they, they got problems. I thought, I thought millionaires were cool people. No, they're weird. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be like that, all right. Y'all pray for me, I'm not as good as I should be. I'm way too judgmental, can I get an amen? All right, so here's the deal. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to define you and always put you on a shelf lower than what God has done. But you are the one who chooses if you will accept that or if you will say, no, 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 I'm listening for the one who made me to tell me who I am. And he alone can do that. Let's go to our next slide. Here's the big idea. Every voice is in your headspace because of a choice, including your own voice. So we need to start making sure that we're making good choices and right choices of who we listen to. And when the one comes in and says the things that we know don't bring us to the best place, that we intentionally reset our mindset on things that are above rather than the things that are being said in our ears, okay? Every voice is in your headspace because of a choice, including your own. 
Would you guys say it with me out loud on the count of three? Ready, one, two, three. Every voice is in your headspace because of a choice, including your own voice. Now, as Paul read just a few moments ago, thank you, Paul. As Paul read just a few moments ago from Romans 8, there's so much about the mind in Romans chapter 8. So many things that you can hear and learn. And I want to share just a couple of these things very quickly as we move through. So let's go to our next slide. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 3a says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So can I stop? No matter who you are or what you've done, if you have confessed that and let that be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, no matter what you have done, no matter if there's still consequences on the ledger, there is now no condemnation. Would you guys say no condemnation? No condemnation. So no matter what that voice in your head is telling you, God's word says something truthful and it says there is no condemnation for you. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, the change came about because God puts you on a brand new plan. Now, how many of you guys remember between here and Austin, Texas, a few years ago, there was like a 60 mile an hour speed limit that got bumped up to 85 miles an hour? Did y'all, did you, have y'all ever driven on the Autobahn in Texas? <laughs> right? So if you haven't, it's great. It's fantastic. Trust me, as a guy who has a little problem with this foot being a touch heavier than it ought to be, uh, yeah, it's great. 85 miles an hour. And so back in, I don't know, maybe 2008, if I were driving through there at 85 miles an hour, I promise you, and Paul's shaking his head because I think he went to UT. What's going on? I've been breaking the law. Right? Paul, Paul is shaking his head like, absolutely, I broke that law on that same road. Okay, this is good. True confession is good for this soul, brother. Here's what I would say. What happened is they rewrote the law. And they said what used to be 60 or 65 miles an hour is now 85 miles an hour. Paul goes, (laughs) see what I did? It's Paul now, not me. As Paul's zooming through there at 85 miles an hour now, he's just fine. Why? Because the people that had the reason and ability and power to do so changed the law. They changed it from this to this and said, you're on a brand new law system now. You can drive 85 miles an hour and it changed everything. You guys with me? So here's what he's saying in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law that you used to be under. In other words, you used to be under sin, sacrifice, sin, sacrifice, sin, sacrifice, all of this stuff. And now you are under sin and the sacrifice has already been paid. It's Jesus who died once for every sin and every man and woman in the world, including you. So there's no condemnation and you're on a brand new plan. He changed the rules. And if you had a problem keeping the old rules, I've got good news. You, as a Christian, once you accept Jesus as personal savior, he pulls you onto a brand new plan and says, even when you fail, I've already, confessed, I've already made way for that sin and I've already made a sacrifice for that sin to be forgiven. That's why even when I sin, and I still do, when I sin, I don't sit there and go, now what, am I gonna make it to heaven or not? 
because God is not sitting there trying to play games with me. He loves me. He's the one that I call Abba Father later on in chapter eight. He's the one who is my dad and he wants the best for me and he has already forgiven me and put me on a brand new plan because what the law was powerless to do, forgive forever. The law was powerless to do that. It was weakened by the flesh, but God did it, how? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, a once for all people and once for all sin offering. We're on a brand new plan. And so there is now no condemnation. You guys with me? Let's go to our next slide. In verse five and six, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. May I submit something to you respectfully. If you're not feeling like your life is characterized by the words life and peace, then my recommendation would be make sure that your mind is more concerned with what God says than what the world says. Because more than likely, you've been setting your mind on things that are earthly rather than things that are heavenly. Because the moment that we begin to place our mind where God wants it to be, he begins to reinvigorate us and give us life and peace. If you're missing life and peace, then check and see about that internal dialogue and whether or not it's where it's supposed to be and whether or not the mindset has room for Christ or only in a few small spots here and there, he can talk to you a little bit when you're ready on a Tuesday. 8.30 a.m., amen. See what I'm saying? You gotta make room. The God of the universe is always ready to talk to you. It's not just here. It's not just here in this place. It's always, but you've gotta be ready. Okay, okay, okay. Um, how many of you watch this show? Any of y'all watch this show? A couple of y'all, a few of y'all, some of y'all. How many of you know what this show is? Everybody knows what this show is, right? You are turned in chairs back facing this way and there's somebody behind you that begins to sing. And as they begin to sing, you hit a button and your chair spins around and that's your way of saying, I'm interested in you. I like what I'm hearing from you. I want to be on your team. Now, I don't watch this show, but isn't that basically what's going on? How clear could it possibly be that for some of us, we spend our entire lives trying out for somebody to just please turn and look at us and accept us when God has already done that for us? Sad, isn't it? It looks real desperate and real sad and real shameful when... Nobody hits the button. You come to the end of the song and nobody's turned around. It's the worst, right? I don't know where you've been in your life, but it's possible that you felt like nobody turned and nobody validated who you are. I'm not here to say that that is me or anyone else in this building. 
I'm here to tell you that you're looking the wrong direction. That the one who has validated you, forgives you, wipes every bit of condemnation around, away from you, has already turned around. He did that at the cross. And he is the one. He is the one who gives you that hope and that acceptance. And if you don't find it in him, I promise you'll desperately be looking for it somewhere else. And I also will promise you another thing. The chances of you finding it in that somewhere else, very, very, very slim. All right. I am going to step on the gas. Are you guys ready to go? Okay. I'm going to keep moving and keep moving quicker. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Don't miss this. Accepting what God says about me does not mean that I will stop trying. It means that I'm going to stop trying out. Isn't that true? I'm going to stop trying out. I'm going to stop my life looking like an audition for anybody who will come by and do one other thing like like me or give me a thumbs up or any of that stuff. I'm going to stop trying out and I'm going to start trying to live my life towards what God has for me. Let's keep moving. Here's what I would say. This is what this passage, uh, this article says. He says, we're invited to ponder, consider, and memorize God's words, God's deeds, and the truth of Christ. But as we saw in Romans chapter 12, this isn't a purely intellectual exercise. Instead, it's about creating a mindset, perspective, a worldview that informs our intentions, our focus, our purpose, and creates actions that reflect our devotion to God. In other words, if you're not intentional about it, you will never be about it. <laughs> you will never get there if you're not intentional about saying, God has room at all times to change my mind about myself. I'm reading his word so I know what he actually says, not just what people tell me he says, right? And so we've got to make intentional actions to know that we are hearing about the mindset and shift that God wants for us to have in our life. Let's keep moving. So this one to remember, that Romans 12 that was just mentioned, don't conform to the pattern of this world like everybody else, don't look like everybody else, but be transformed by the renewing of your, what? Mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to memorize something, this is a great one for you to remember. Let's keep moving. So questions for a spirit-led mind. I've already shared these with you in the past so I can move quickly. And I shared them and I adjusted just the tiniest little bit. So here's the question that you can ask if your mind is being led by the spirit or not. Here it is. First, what is your auto response to the obstacles that you face? You know what I'm talking about? The auto response. I talked about it in an email that kicks right back to you. You and I have this. If something bad happens, you have a voice in your head that says, of course it bad happened to you because something always bad is happening to you. This is the way that you are. It's because of you. You are a failure. That's why this bad stuff is happening to you. If that's your auto response, man, you need to get control of that and say, no, 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 no. I'm not a failure. That's not what God has declared over me. That's not what he has said about me. And begin to be intentional about setting your mind in a different direction. Let's keep moving here. How would an overcomer attack this? When we hit an obstacle, ask yourself, how does an overcomer deal with something just like this? 
And very quickly, if you read all the way down in Romans chapter 8, you'll see that we are called more than conquerors. We're super conquerors, in other words. And he shares these passages of scripture in Romans chapter 8. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... And neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation is going to be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The minute that you started singing a note, he hit the button, turned and said, I accept you just like you are. You don't even have to finish that, that note. But you have to hear from him and not from yourself or from other people that are trying to define you. Let's keep moving. Um, Dr. Dahadi Lewis had a great quote the problem is, is that most Christians have all the belief in their heart that God only calls us to an easier and better life. But let's be very clear. Sometimes when we go through hard stuff, we come out stronger on the other side. If you know that to be true, say amen, right? So if God wants us to grow and be stronger, then he's not gonna say everything that ever hurts or everything that ever gives any kind of pain or is difficult, I'm gonna keep you from that. No, no, that's not God. That's not God. He's going to let you walk through the fire so you can lean heavier on him than you've ever learned, uh, leaned on him before and learn things there. And so it's so important to grasp. We, we, we're not supposed to determine the will of God by the path of least resistance. We are made and intended to do hard things even in this difficult world and we're to do it all for the glory of God. Let's keep moving. This question for a spirit-led mind, so how can God use this for my growth and for his glory? Whatever you face, it's for your growth and for God's glory. And if you will look at it in that way, then the obstacles that waylay you and make you think you're a failure are actually a compliment that God is paying to you that you are strong enough to handle this if you will lean and learn from me. That's what God is telling you. So it's a compliment, not a problem. You see? Let's keep moving. Romans 8, this is a passage that I shared with you again. That mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Let's go to our next slide. You can do this very quickly and easily. You could write it down. You can take a picture if you want. If you know that there's something in your life that you need to stop doing right now, that's your red light. <laughs> if you know that there's something that you can keep doing, but it's something that you better watch closely, that's your yellow light. And then if you know that you're doing something that is always pouring into you life and peace, then that's your green light, you see? And so every single one of you, you could just look at your life at any point in your life and say, what's my stoplight here? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to be cautious about? And what do I need to make sure that I do not stop doing? And it can change your life. It can change your headspace. It can change it all. Let's keep moving. Uh, I probably don't even have time for this, but if you're run by the badges and the notifications, you probably are not listening to the right voices. Is that fair to say? That stuff probably caused some of y'all to go, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I don't care. I do not care. People have seen how many voicemail messages I've got still on my phone, and they're like, are you serious? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, this is my tool, not my master. It's a phone. It's not my master. It's my tool. You know? 
and all it takes is a different change of mindset. You can do it too. I'll show you how if you want. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. And talked about the children earlier and what they face and how technology affects them. Their perspective is warped if they don't have that perspective to keep them strong and solid. If you're dealing with a, a young person struggling with their headspace, just be, atten- just be attentive to that. Let's keep moving. Um, their responses to fear are fight and flight, and then there's also freeze. How many of you know that that's true? We saw it in the middle of our pandemic. It was fight or flight or freeze. Sometimes different t- things on the same exact day, right? Well, there's more, but let's keep moving. Let's go to our next slide. Fear thrives in a frantic mind. We have to be still to know that he is God. So if that voice in your mind will not be quiet, I encourage you, be very intentional, slow it down. And I would say that the fear and and the, the fatal mindset that is out there for you. Actually, there's one more. There's four responses to, you know, fear. It's fight, flight, freeze, or faith. Faith. That God is the one who defines me. That God is the one who has his word to say over me. That God has already accepted me as I am, not for what I do. It's powerful. How do you apply this message? I'll share it with you very quickly. What are the red, yellow, and green lights? Those items that intentionally invite God into your daily and your family life. I just put a few things just as suggestions. I don't wanna leave those as the only thing, but I'm telling you, those are good places to start. Maybe a no TV Tuesday. Maybe an airplane mode thing whenever y'all are having a family dinner that you're having every third day or whatever, every second day. Do it three times a week. The one-minute pause, you can get an app that will help you to be reminded that God is always with you. You can do a social media time where you say, I use social media between this time and this time and no further and no more. Or you can set it and say, I do that once, you know, for a 30-minute time period and then I'm done. Or you can fast or you can even, you can actually even delete those items and do them on your, your computer rather than your phone. I know I'm talking crazy talk, Right. But y'all don't lay in bed in the middle of the night with your laptop propped up and go, who is out there talking about me? But you might do that with your phone. And it might be giving you a hard time in your headspace. All right, so I want to end with a story. And let's go to our next slide here. And this is our question. What are the thoughts that are piling up in your own mind? And will they lead to life and peace or will they lead to death? And then... The other question I have to ask you is, are you personally spending your life trying out? So here's the kind of story that I want to end on. There was a woman who was struggling with anorexia. The story is told in the Crash the Chatterbox book that we just led, uh, just referenced and talked about a little bit ago. And Stephen Furtick said, I talked with this woman. She was struggling with anorexia and all of the different things that were some of the negative, negative behaviors that went along with that. He said, I wasn't judging her or anything of that nature, but I just wanted to get a sense of what was going on for her. And so he asked her, he said, what happened 
because at one time you said that you had a healthy childhood, you had a healthy upbringing and all these different things. And here's what she said, and I want you to listen very closely. I'm ending right here. She said, I guess I just let the lies overpower the truth in my life. And slowly, the lies became my truth. I just let the lies overpower the truth and slowly the lies became my truth. I wanna remind you again that you have choices about the voices in your mind and the place that they will be given as far as importance or disregard you are the one who chooses. And if you're struggling with your headspace, if these answers aren't bringing you to where you need to be, I encourage you, today is your day. The God who brings healing from everything, who accepts you as you are, who says there is now no condemnation to those who are my children, he's the one who can bring you through, but you have to make that decision on your own. But God is able. Heavenly Father, as we end our time together, use this word that has been given today to bring glory and honor to you and most importantly, bring us to you. We're your children. We are your creation. May you speak over us the good things that you have said about us the forgiveness and the peace and the acceptance and the life that you want to see happening in every single one of our lives. God, help us to embrace that in Jesus' name. So real quickly, as you are here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and this is between you and the Lord, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but you know, this is a good opportunity for you to make a decision and say, you know what, I know that the Lord is talking to me right now about these things that you've been sharing. And I know I need to change the spots of my headspace where I'm showing some holes and some weaknesses. And you know that that's what God has brought you here to hear today. And you want to move towards what he's doing in your life. And you want to be intentional about hearing from him. And you just simply want to lift your hand and just say, that's where I'm at. May God bless you. May God bless you. Thank you so much. May God bless you. May God bless you as well. May God bless you. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, you've seen our hands. You know that you are great enough, you are powerful enough to change our hearts. Bless each one here today. Bless those that are at home watching. Be with them. And may we, your people, be the ones who love you and do all things to glory, to, to bring glory and honor to you with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said...